Hi everyone, I'm Aura Ogorian with ACAP Advisors and Accountants and welcome to another edition of the ACAP Recap where we go behind the blog and answer some of your most important questions. Today we're going to talk about the differences between qualified and non-qualified dividends. By now you probably have received your tax papers, your 1099s, and you're wondering why there's a difference between uh, why there's a distinction between qualified dividends and non-qualified dividends. Well, today we're going to talk about that in the video. Uh, but before we begin, remember to subscribe, like, and share our channel. And if there's a topic that you want us to cover, please make sure to send us a message or leave it in the comment section below, and we'll be sure to cover it in a future video. Let's first define what a dividend is. When a company makes net profits, that means after it's paid all of its expenses, its expenses, it has to decide what to do with that money, whether to give it back to its shareholders or to reinvest it into its business. So let's assume you have, for example, Apple Computer. Apple Computer makes $100 million of net profit after uh, in a year. And it has to decide what to do with that $100 million. It can either give it back to its shareholders or it can reinvest it into its business. Now, shareholders are looking to Apple or saying, if you can reinvest that $100 million and make it grow faster than if you were to give it back to me, then I'd rather have you reinvest into the company and then have it grow faster versus giving it to me as a shareholder. Because then if you do that, I have to pay tax on it. Whereas if it gets reinvested into the business, and the business continues to grow, then the taxpayer decides or the shareholder decides when they want to incur taxes. Because if they receive a dividend, you have to pay tax on it. But if it gets reinvested into the business and the business continues to grow, you don't actually pay tax until you sell that stock. So there's a big difference between a company paying a dividend out to its shareholders versus reinvesting it into itself. Now, most growth companies such as Facebook or Amazon or other growth-oriented tech companies, it doesn't always have to be a tech company, as long as it's growing, tend to not pay dividends because they have the ability to reinvest that money into the business and make it grow faster. And as a shareholder, you also don't want that dividend because you want the company to grow faster. You want them to continue to use those net profits and reinvest into the business versus giving it back to you because then you have to pay tax and decide how you want to reinvest that money. The time will come where even if you own a growth oriented company that you don't expect to pay a dividend may actually pay you a dividend. And then you have to determine whether or not that dividend is qualified or non-qualified because the big difference between a qualified and non-qualified dividend is taxes. If you receive a qualified dividend, then you are subject to a maximum tax rate of 20%. The tax brackets for a qualified dividend are from zero if your income uh, qualifies, 15% or a maximum of 20%. But if you get an ordinary dividend, then the maximum tax rate is 37% as it currently stands with tax, tax brackets. So as you can imagine, as a shareholder, you'd prefer to have a qualified dividend versus a non-qualified dividend. And also with a, a non-qualified dividend or an ordinary dividend, you are gonna be paying tax at your ordinary income tax rate. Now let's talk about some instances where I'm going to go into you know, what qualifies a qualified dividend and non-qualified dividend in a minute, but let's talk about some instances where 
you might get an unexpected dividend. Uh, Microsoft, which is a growth-oriented company, well, used to be, now it's more of a mature company that pays dividends, but back in the day, it used to be a more growth-oriented company, and it had a lot of cash on its books. It was accumulating a lot of cash, and the shareholder said, well, you either have to invest that cash and make the company grow faster, or you have to give some of that cash back to us because we don't want it sitting on the company books because cash is a non-earning asset. So shareholders want companies to deploy that cash and have the company grow. So in this case, Microsoft, as soon as in 2004, did a special dividend of $3 a share. And that ended up being about $32 billion of cash that they distributed out to shareholders. If you were a shareholder at that time, that would have been an unexpected cash receipt for you. Now, obviously you like the cash as a dividend, but then you have to A, pay tax on it, and B, decide how you're going to reinvest that money into the business. Uh, now you could retake that money and reinvest it into to Microsoft stock. However, you would have had to pay tax on that dividend first and then reinvest it. So what most companies have been doing in instead of actually paying a dividend is they're doing share buybacks. And this happened with Apple Computer. Apple or Apple uh, Incorporated now, they don't call themselves Apple Computer anymore. But Apple, what they did was they had a huge amount of cash on their balance sheet. They had almost $300 billion of cash on their balance sheet. And shareholders were pressuring them for a, a dividend, a special dividend like Microsoft did. But what ended up happening is Microsoft, uh, Apple said, we're going to instead use that money to buy back shares to grow the company versus uh, uh, paying a dividend. Now, when a company buys back shares, what they're doing is essentially uh, making the pool of shareholders smaller. So the amount of income that the company earns is now shared among fewer people versus had they not purchased shares, they'd have a lot more shareholders. So in a sense, it is providing shareholders with value because it's increasing the value per share of what they own without having to pay tax versus have they paid a dividend and now the person has to pay tax on it even if they want to reinvest it. For a dividend to be classified as a qualified dividend and be entitled to the lower capital gains tax rate of maximum 20%, it has to meet three criteria. First, it cannot be a non-qualified dividend, which I'll define in a few minutes. Second, it has to be from a US corporation or a foreign corporation that is a qualified foreign corporation. Now you're probably wondering what's a qualified foreign corporation. It's a corporation, it's a foreign corporation that either is listed on the US, on the US stock exchange, has a US tax treaty or a tax treaty with the United States, or is a, um, is a US corporation, is listed as a US corporation. So that might be a foreign corporation, but they're also listed in the US as a corporation. They're incorporated here. A good example would be Toyota Corporation. So Toyota is a Japanese company, but not only are they incorporated in the US, but they also trade on the US stock exchange. So even if they didn't trade on the US stock exchange, but they were incorporated here, they could have a dividend that would be qualified. Or if they were only listed, but they were not incorporated here, again, they would qualify. They could have a dividend that was a qualified dividend. The third criteria to make a dividend qualify as a qualified dividend is the holding period test. So you have to hold for a common stock, you have to hold the stock for at least 60 days to in a 121 day period to qualify as a qualified dividend. If it's a preferred stock, the holding period has changed a little bit. It's gotta be 90 days for it to qualify as a qualified dividend. Also, the holding period is gonna get altered if you have any type of derivative instrument on the stock. So if you own the stock, but then you buy a derivative instrument, 
instrument to try to hedge that stock, for example, an options contract, a futures or a swap, then that's going to negate the eligibility of a qualified dividend. Now let's talk about when a dividend is not qualified. So it doesn't classify as qualified and you're not entitled to the more favorable tax rates. As a non-qualified dividend, you have to pay the regular ordinary income tax and it could be it could go as high as 37%. So as a non-qualified dividend, some of the examples are if it's a capital gains distribution. If it's a capital gains distribution, then it would not qualify as a qualified dividend. Also something that does not, also another example is if it's a dividend that's paid from a bank, a credit union, or a savings and loan account, that would not qualify as a qualified dividend. It'd be a non-qualified dividend. Also dividends from tax exempt organizations or farmers cooperatives also do not qualify. Dividends paid from ESOPs, employee stock option or stock purchase plans do not qualify either. Uh, also dividends that you receive from, as I mentioned earlier, if you have a derivative contract on it, where you sold an option or a futures or some type of swap on that stock and you receive a dividend, then that negates the qualified dividend eligibility. Other examples include a liquidating dividend or a dividend paid by a REIT, a real estate investment trust, or a master limited partnerships, those also do not qualify as a qualified dividend. They would be an ordinary or non-qualified dividend. So how do you know if you received a dividend that's qualified or non-qualified? Well, at the end of the year, when you get a 1099 DIV from the company or from your custodian, it's going to have uh, a number of boxes with numbers filled out. And on box one is your total ordinary dividends, or it's gonna show all the ordinary dividends that you received. And then in box two of your 1099 DIV is gonna show where your qualified dividends are. So that's how it's gonna be reported on your 1099. And then you take that number and you put it on your tax return. And then by doing so, the tax return will calculate automatically the qualified dividends at the more favorable tax rate whereas the ordinary dividends are going to be taxed just as if you received income as a W-2 wage earner. So there you have it. That's the difference between a qualified dividend and a non-qualified dividend and the taxation between the two types of dividends. Thank you for joining me for another edition of the ACAP Recap. And if you have a question or a comment that you want us to cover, be sure to include it in the comment section below or send us a message. In the meantime, remember to subscribe, like, and share our channel.